0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We're coming to you live from the St. Alexis Health in Dickinson, North Dakota. And we have a good show planned for you. We're about... Uh 30 minutes into it, as we come up on 29 minutes past the hour, we're going to have straight talk in just a bit. Uh, Remember, uh, Lent is uh, approaching, and we often have um, uh, people who say, you know, I I, I don't even, uh, I'm not really into Lent, uh, because it just kind of surprises them and so we're going to my first question here coming up is uh, about talking about preparing for Lent that, that's, that's one of them uh, and then we got another question here on the, on the book of Revelation so we're going to start straight talk here and 877 eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. when you hear the sound effect you can call or send questions we have several of them already and we want yours I'll get through them as quickly as I can and remember my hope here in the next 30 minutes is above all to do more good than harm. I certainly don't know all of the answers, and there are certainly more qualified people to provide these answers than I am, but um, you got to play the team you have. So this is Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, and uh, as we move to the next segment, it is called Straight Talk. So let's start this conversation right now where our faith can seek some understanding. Uh, and uh, our, our listeners, we, we hope, will we'll learn a little bit, as will I. We have a question about preparing for Lent, Lenten penances. And, and it's good that we're talking about Lent already because it's, it's, it's coming up in, in, in less than three weeks. You know, I pull out around this time of year a book entitled Meditations and Readings for Lent. It is uh, the Meditations of St. Thomas Aquinas. It's a, it's a sheet and Ward book, and um, I, I, I pull it out. Meditations and Readings for Lent in any event. This book begins Meditations for Lent this Sunday because it uses the old liturgical names for Sundays and weeks before Lent. Uh, There's no equivalent for them right now in the new liturgical year, and I'm not asking that there are or should be. My point is that this little book helps us prepare for Lent. There are terms like Quinquagesima Sunday, which is the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. Sexagesima Sunday is the Sunday before that. And this Sunday we're going to celebrate Septuagesima Sunday, which is 17 days before Ash Wednesday. So, this Sunday, this little book begins preparations for Lent. And I think when people ask me, what what should I do uh, for penance? What should I give up for Lent? Or what should I do more? And I think that that answer lies in our preparation. And I have people ask me that on Ash Wednesday. You know, I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of here already. It's, it's it's you know, getting back to our football theme that I had with John Orderman, He is a Kansas City Chief fan. I mean, it's sort of like asking, you know, what's our game plan? You know, uh, at, at at kickoff. Well, uh, you you have to prepare. And this little book, Meditations and Readings for Lent does it. It offers Reflections of St. Thomas Aquinas and uh, I I recommend it. This Sunday we will be 17 days before Ash Wednesday. So let's begin to prepare for Lent now. This little book is one way that I do it. And then as you pray for those 17 days, you will have inspiration for a penance, for uh, something to give up. And I think uh, it, it, rather than giving up something, also consider doing more. Uh, write letters uh, to your family uh, whom you have uh, per- perhaps uh, have not been in touch with the way you should be because of the circumstances of life. Or, or, or do something for someone ordinarily that you don't do and try and keep a pattern for that is one of the rec- recommendations that I have. I have a question on morning prayers. What's a simple morning prayer? Uh, This this is in in my book here from when I taught at Trinity High School for five years. I it's it's a prayer for the trust in God by John Henry Cardinal Newman. Uh, This this is a prayer, and there are there are tons of good prayers for the morning, but but I use this prayer. For all of my inquiry classes, all of my RCIA work, uh, before I uh, do anything uh, for teaching, uh, in, in particularly in that format, we pray this prayer. It's called A Prayer for a Trust in God by John Henry Cardinal Newman gregory i 'll send it to you at the end of the show, and you can put it up on the site it 's it 's a prayer about how God has created us to do some definite service, how we uh, have a place uh, we uh, don 't know our future how God knows every plan and purpose, and how uh, God is always with me. I'm not going to read the prayer here, it's, uh, it's, I don't, I'm not saying I don't have time for that, but uh, it's a prayer of John Henry Cardinal Newman, a prayer for the trust in God. It's a prayer that I pray, it's a prayer that I use. We know that this October, John Henry Newman was uh, declared a saint by the Catholic Church. In fact, he was the first English saint created. In half a century, the first English saint created in ha- half a century and uh, we most uh, he's most distinguished uh, uh, from uh, becoming he's a convert to Catholicism. Uh, he left uh, the, the the Church of England in 1845 thereabouts and uh, he was uh, uh, he cited Saint Augustine. For part of his conversion. Uh, he is uh, very, very uh, well read, of course. He wrote well, uh, but he was also a master of rational arguments. He was exceptionally good at it. But remember, uh, John Henry Cardinal Newman also knew that uh, no one had ever become a Christian because of a logical proof. Uh, that's uh, taught by augustine as well maybe that's something we can think about today we try and provide logical proofs to people to believe in jesus christ to convert to christianity saint augustine saint john henry newman um, believed and taught that no one ha- had ever become a christian because of a logical proof because it requires a scent of faith so anyway this prayer i will uh, submit and I'll pray a prayer, uh, part of it right now. It starts, God has created me to do some definite service. God has committed some work to me, which has not been committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. God knows every plan and purpose. Amen. It's a nice little prayer that I pray, and I just happen to have that in my book. From John Henry Cardinal Newman, now a saint since October. Here's a question on Revelation. Uh, be careful here. Uh, and ac- actually, when I, when I think of this question about Revelation, I think of a guest that I have coming up. Uh, Dr. Ralph Martin will be on the show here soon to visit about Renewal Ministries. He uses the word lukewarm uh, and uh, how we can move from our lukewarm faith uh, to something else. And when I get this question about Revelation, by the way, the book of Revelation is a book uh, written by St. John. It is a highly symbolic book. For example, the one hundred and forty four thousand saved is a symbolic number of the twelve tribes of Israel, twelve uh, times the twelve disciples apostles, and then you add a thousand for the fullness of number one hundred and forty four thousand is the fullness of god 's people to be saved that 's just an example, but let me t- tell you a story uh, when I was uh, living in europe, a friend Uh, by the name of Joe Maroney and I, we rented a car in Asia Minor, and we drove to the seven churches of Revelation. So, the book of Revelation is about Christ, Jesus Christ, saying to John, uh, write what you see, and send it to the seven churches. These seven churches of Revelation are, uh, are, are within a horseback day's ride apart, and, and we visited them comfortably within two days. Many of them are destroyed by earthquakes. But we went to the churches and we read from Revelation at each site. Uh, and we also went to a town called Pumukale which is in southeast uh, Turkey, and uh, Pumukule has uh, they have these volcanic waters that come up from underground. And the, these waters are... Uh, the, the carbonite mineral is left, and so there's a lot of... Uh, but, but these waters, when you go into them, when you put your hand in them, these waters of Pumukule, near the seven churches of Revelation, are are kind of uncomfortable. They're neither hot nor cold. And it reminds us what the book of Revelation says in the third chapter. I know your deeds, I know that you are neither cold nor hot. Uh, so because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. It's this water from Pumukule, which inspired John to write this, this image. And what does it mean that we're lukewarm? Why should we be spit out if we're lukewarm, according to the book of Revelation? Well, if, uh, many reasons, but if we're if we're lukewarm, we can compare ourselves to a cold heart. And we can, we can deny our sins because our sins are less serious than those of a cold heart. And if we're lukewarm, we can also comfort ourselves by weighing our sins against the more serious ones that are hot, for example. Remember that gospel passage, Thank God I'm not like Him. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, the lukewarm faith. And the book of Revelation is a beautiful book to support persecuted churches. And, and every church has a promise. And remember, so does the uh, end of Revelation, the next to last verse of the book of Revelation, which is, by the way, the next to last verse of the Bible, is, Come, Lord Jesus, a prayer. So essentially, that's, that's how uh, a... The Bible ends with the prayer of, Come, Lord Jesus. We have a question here. A few days ago in the readings, it said that David was counting his people and then repented. Uh, Why is it wrong to count his people? She is on the phone, Francesca from Holly. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Francesca, I read your question, but you are live on Real Presence Radio across a big chunk of the northern Midwest. Uh what is your question? Let me hear it. My question is a few days ago in the reading it says that King David was counting his people and says that he, after he did that he was repenting. Why was it wrong to count his people? All right, well, Francesca, thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. You know, I've been preaching on the second book of Samuel in my Masses, my daily Masses with my school, the stories of Saul, uh, the stories of King David. And we did have that reading last week, and I think it was uh, on Wednesday, or maybe even Wednesday this week. Uh, it's a recent reading. Here, here is the problem. When King David counted his people, he was was counting his, his armies. And his general, by the name of Joab, I believe, dissuaded him from doing it. But David did it. Counting your people, counting your men before you go to war, is a sign of lacking trust in God. When David counted his people, Francesca, he was He was reverting to human strength, human effort, instead of trusting and relying in God. And that's why he repented. So, the story is that we have to continually rely on God more than our human effort. And by counting all of his men, David could have been tempted to think that he would have achieved what he wanted to achieve on his own and that was a sin and that was why he he repented is that sufficient francesca does that yes, sound good thank you absolutely so yes, it sounds- very yes, very, very good. Uh, obviously, when I open my church office and my staff comes to work, I gotta—you know—I don't count my staff. I mean, but I, I need to have a number of staff to to get it done. But that is the symbol there. Thank you very much. Very, very, very good. Um, we have a question here about upcoming Sunday gospel readings. Uh, what do we have here? The gospel reading for this Sunday has our Lord Jesus. Describing his disciples as salt of the earth and light of the world, we have the uh, the fifth Sunday of ordinary time coming up this Sunday. And remember, this Sunday is 17 days uh, before uh, Ash Wednesday. It is uh, in in past times uh, called Septuagesima Sunday. I just referred to that. If you want to listen to this on the podcast you can to to get that in preparation for the season of Lent. So we're, we're, uh, today is a very a beautiful reading uh, this weekend. Uh, salt of the earth of the world. Our Lord wanted his disciples to be salt and light. We know how important light is for life. Um, I mean, here in the Northern Hemisphere, we, we know how important light is for life because we lack it right now and we experience a whole different season of winter. And we know how important salt is for life. And in, in fact, uh, uh, the word saliva uh, comes from uh, the word salt. Uh, saliva has a one to nine percent uh, content of salt. Um, and at one time, remember, salt was even used as a form of money. Uh, and that's where we get our word uh, salary. Salary, when one earns a salary. It comes from the Latin word for salt. So we we, we have words in our life that are important uh, and are based on that etymological breakdown of the word salt. But our Lord tells his disciples, which means he tells us, to be salt of the earth and light of the world, uh, because we know that when when salt is used, um, it uh, it makes a difference. Uh, salt adds spice. Our Lord wanted his disciples to have S- spice up the world, flavor the world, as uh, salt spices and flavors our food. Um, I guess you could also say sa- uh, salt melts away what we, don't, what we don't like. We know that salt uh, at this time of year here, too, in the Northern Hemisphere, especially in this part of the country, salt melts our ice and snow during this time of year. Uh, the United States uses millions of tons of salt a year, and you see that effect on your vehicle, probably not positively. Uh, So salt was also a preservative for food, and it still is. And salt is a catalyst, we we know all of that. So my point is this, when mixed with something, uh, in the correct proportion, salt makes so many things different, or should we say, salt makes so many things better. And our Lord wanted His disciples to make the world better, and so He told them to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world that 's a reflection on on this uh, on this sunday 's readings when I was teaching high school not back when I was young, I mean, I'm 52 years old now, but I was, you know, when I was a 27-year-old priest teaching high school, I went on, you know, I don't know, I'm not not saying I was on a health kick back then, because I'm still healthy today, but um, for some reason, I decided I should taste and I should start drinking low-sodium tomato juice. So I bought this low-sodium tomato juice and, uh, uh, you know, try it. I had to pour it down the drain. If you want to know the effect of salt in our world. Not only to make things different, but to make things better. And then my mother said, now you know what those people go through on those sodium diets. So yeah, it it, it certainly does uh, spice it up and our Lord wanted His disciples to to spice it up. I got a question on uh, today's reading. Today's reading at Mass is a a reading in which uh, John the Baptist is executed and um father jordan dosh is having my school mass about this time cuz i'm on the radio and uh this this is a uh, this is where uh john's head is 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 brought and uh uh it's a it's a it's a hard reading to 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 read uh, and and to hear every time but um we we know that uh the girl uh, made her request uh, to uh, and 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 uh, the request was i want you to give me at once on a platter the head of john the baptist and the king was deeply distressed and so forth and but did it well this is a story not just about john being executed but the story of today's reading at mass is a story about why john quickly vanished from the Gospels after our Lord's baptism, and and the reason he he vanished uh, was his criticism of Herod, and and King Herod feared that John's preaching would spark a revolt among the people and change his life, so moved by fear he arrested John. Uh, he dispatched his executioners to a place called Macariris. You can see this uh, in in the holy Land i 'll be taking another tour back to the Holy Land in the fall of twenty twenty one this uh, town macaris we we visit it 's um kind of on the cliffs of of the Dead Sea on the eastern side you You can see the, the the fortress there in fact you can even you can even see ruins of the of the dungeons that once held the Unfortunate prisoners uh, such as John the Baptist. Uh, Today, uh, though it lies in ruins, and today uh, the message of John the Baptist uh, lives uh, through the life of Jesus Christ. Remember, it was John the Baptist, the last and greatest prophet, who said, "Behold, there he is, the Lamb of God," and uh, that was uh, that he he turned us to our Lord, and his preaching in that sense still lives on today. So today's reading, John is executed, but yet let's remember how John's message s- is still very, very much alive. Thank you for that uh, question on today's uh, reading. This is Monsignor Schumacher's straight talk as a chance for, for us to visit. I would like to say this, though. Um, in the Diocese of Bismarck and in the Diocese of Fargo, our Catholic schools have had a competition uh, called the, the Know Your Faith competition. It happens every year during Catholic Schools Week. Catholic Schools Week. Uh, it's, it's usually right around the Feast Day of Saint Thomas Aquinas, January twenty eighth. It's the last week of. Um, it's the last week of January. So, uh, the schools of Dickinson Trinity School here in Dickinson, uh, Bishop Ryan and mine at. St. Mary's in Bismarck, uh, Shanley, Fargo-Shanley. The, the kids get together. Uh, each school sends three winners of their local Know Your Faith competitions. And um, I am proud to say uh, that the school of which I'm the chairman of the board of, Trinity High School, won that competition under the direction and coaching of Father Jordan Dosh. Uh, by coaching, I'm not saying that he gave them any answers. The, the kids, uh, the students, wanted on their own. Our team from Trinity High School in Dickinson is Addie Empter, Cody Hirschfeld, and Morgan Ayliss. So Addie, Cody, and Morgan uh, represented uh, their faith very well. And according to this competition held just a couple weeks ago, they know their faith the best here in, uh, in North Dakota as they won the Know Your Faith competition. Bishop Kagan submitted the last question, and it's always of a very, very uh, uh, tough question. Uh, I think this year's question was uh, to name all of the American canonized saints uh, and the Pope that named them saints. Great question. I think you need to get a pool of priests together and see if they could get that answer. So here's a question uh, Damien from Holly, is Damien on the phone? Damien, good morning. Morning. Uh, thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. We appreciate our callers. What's your question for, for me today? Um, does God forgive our sins other than in Mass and Confession? Uh, yes. The answer to that is yes. God is God. And God can forgive sins in any way God desires to forgive sins. Uh, One example of that in the Bible is where uh, we read uh, that leading one to the truth will cancel a multitude of sins. Uh, So teaching one, bringing one to the truth of Christ cancels a multitude of sins. That's one indication outside of the The Mass and the Sacrament of Confession. However, we do know that the sure way to be forgiven, as given to us by Christ, is in the Sacrament of Penance, in Confession, uh, and in Mass as well. You're you're right, Damien, because we, we start Mass with the Penitential Rite, which is a little absolution given by the the, the priest, and we begin the Mass by recalling that we are sinners, because we cannot save ourselves, and we need a Savior. So Damien, the answer is, uh, uh, yes, there there are other ways in which God can forgive sins, but the, the sure sacramental ways given to us as Catholics is through the sacrament of penance. Then we don't need to wonder, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, When I when I I grew up and I had friends, of course, who were not Catholic, and we would talk about sins and and uh, one of my friends asked me, you know, Schumacher, how do you know? How do you how do you really know God's forgiven you? And uh, well, I mean, as a as a as a young Catholic boy back then, even the answer is well, I mean, you go to confession. That's how you know for certain. So thank you for that call, Damien. Good call. Yep. Thank you. We. You bet. We have um, a question here about St. Scholastica coming up on Monday. Her feast day is coming up on Monday. Whenever I think of St. Scholastica, or let me put it this way, often, sometimes, when I'm in a thunderstorm, I think of St. Scholastica. Remember this this story of of St. Scholastica where, uh, by the way, Scholastica is the sister of St. Benedict, we have her feast day uh, coming up on Monday, so Scholastica is the sister of saint benedict and they 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 lived they they lived in each other's area uh, she wasn 't far from her brother uh, in the area of monte Cassino. Uh, that's kind of between Naples and rome you can You can go south of Rome and visit that uh, I- if you want uh, but they they there was a story where uh near benedict 's death uh they were visiting she 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 wanted her brother to stay, uh, long story short uh, the, the, a great thunderstorm came uh, Scholastica prayed that her brother would stay and and God sends a great thunderstorm uh, and so Benedict stayed it extended their visit uh, and uh, Scholastica actually died a few days later. Uh, but uh, you know just remember sometimes those thunderstorms will be will be sent by God and when all is said and done, maybe even after the hail damage, uh, there'll be a, a lining in the cloud. So, not all thunderstorms are bad. And I, I remember the same. Uh, I remember in 2014 when we had our uh, fire event, I call it at Dickinson Trinity High School here. Uh, that happened on March 3rd in 2014. We're coming up on the sixth anniversary of that fire, and it was uh, it was it was awful. It was. A, fi- a fire is just demoralizing, and it, we had to evacuate our school. And uh, but today, uh, we you know we've recovered. We have a we have a beautiful school, uh, and and so there, there's a there's a silver lining in in every cloud. And and many of our listeners right now may be going through a not a literal fire, but maybe a fire in your life or a thunderstorm in your life. Uh, but just just hang tight, hang tight. Uh, they, uh, they uh, are not necessarily sent by God, but everything has a plan and everything has a purpose. And it, uh, all that matters is how we react to them. Keep your faith, keep praying, stay positive, and in due time, God will, will bring you to, to his will. Why? Because God will never abandon you. We're coming up on 57 Minutes Past the Hour. This has been Straight Talk. I want to thank those that have called in, I want to thank those who have submitted their questions. We we had some good themes going here today. That um, prayer of St. John Henry Newman, I'll I'll get that sent in. We'll get that posted. Uh maybe my last uh, my uh, some of my staff is listening right now and they can do that from the office right now to you Brandon. You can put that on 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 the site. We're going to be taking a break here. And I'm going to be visiting with Jennifer Ellercamp. Uh she will be uh, in studio, with me here, studio today, is the uh, beautiful atrium here of uh, St. Alexis Health in Dickinson, North Dakota. This is where I'm coming to you live. Uh, we have uh, about another hour of Real Presence Radio left for you. Uh, a one hour and two minutes, uh, to be exact. But when we come back, I'm going to be visiting with Jennifer Ellercamp about the only approved program of its kind in North Dakota. It's called Centering Pregnancy. And uh, we look forward to listening to her on that. And then we have a few more guests coming up, as well as our 10 minute tour in the second hour of the show. So I hope we're all having a good start to your day. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. I'm the pastor of St. Wenceslas here in Dickinson. And I'm very, uh, very honored to do these shows. I don't, I don't do them often enough, but when I do, I really enjoy them. Mike Kidrowski. He's here setting me up, and all I have to do really is walk in and talk, which is really easy to do. He does all of the complicated things of getting us connected, and we got Gregory back at the studio who keeps us on the air as well. Real Presence Radio is successful because of God's will and the support of our listeners. We are a listener-supported radio entity, and our signal goes from Wisconsin to Gillette, to Canada, down to Iowa. It is a big chunk of the upper Midwest. Why? Because this is God's will. God works through communications God works through people and we know that there are people driving listening to Real Presence Radio who just may be comforted that need God's grace at this moment why is that it's because we've responded to God's will for Real Presence Radio you can support our our work here on yourpresenceradio.com yourcatholicradiostation.com I gotta get that right and so we, we appreciate it very much we will be back in just a moment for the second And last hour of Real Presence Radio We'll be back in just a moment